welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland. It's Jules and I have a special update. Some of you might have heard that we've had another volcanic eruption that started last week. Well, okay, to be fair, it's actually a continuation of eruptions that have happened in 2021 and 2022 on the Reykjanes Peninsula. So yeah, it's happening in the same area as the previous eruptions, which I'll get into how that makes it interesting and sort of convenient. So we've now had three eruptions in three years, which is unheard of (laughs) in terms of the fact that they're being labeled as tourist eruptions, meaning that they can be visited and they don't pose any harm to like important infrastructure or towns. So that's really good. I do plan on just sharing a brief update about the eruption and what we know so far. If other significant changes do happen, which they might, I will for sure publish more information about this. Similar to the other eruptions in 2021 and 2022, we experienced many earthquakes before any lava breached the surface for this current one. There is maybe 10,000 earthquakes. I mean, it's insane. It's just in the thousands, basically that were reported. And similar to the other ones, like I had mentioned, this was also the pattern that people were seeing is that there's a bunch of earthquakes, a really large earthquake, and then an eruption. So we had on Sunday, July 9th, an earthquake that was classified as an M5.2, which was intense. It was felt across the whole country which is incredible. And I know that everyone thinks Iceland is small. Yes, it is small. <laughs> However, the earthquakes that were happening were mostly felt on the Reykjanes Peninsula, so like a really small part of the country, and then sometimes in Reykjavik. Like I mentioned, the largest one on the Sunday prior to it happening was felt everywhere in the country. <laughs> and I remember literally jumping out of bed when it happened and saying, the eruption is coming. <laughs> Just knew it in my soul. Well, the next day on July 10th at 4.40 p.m., not far from the previous ones, an eruption happened. It's a fissure eruption and scientists have stated that these types of eruptions are normally most powerful at the beginning and then taper off before ending. However, no one knows how long this will last. And I just have to reiterate that because people often ask if, you know, we think the eruption is going to last for a while or until when they come. Nobody knows. Maybe it's just getting started or maybe it's about to finish. I know. I know you don't want to hear that. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just trying my best to manage your expectations. However, they are saying that this eruption is much stronger than the other two. So that is giving people a glimmer of hope that it will continue for quite some time. I'll uh, knock on wood for you just in case. One fascinating thing, though, about the location of this eruption is that it's in a flatter area. So if you went to the eruptions in 2021 or 2022, there was a decent amount of hiking. The terrain was intense. And because of that, people were exhausted. Now, granted, those weren't necessarily that long. Maybe there were five kilometers each way or something like that. But what this one has that's making it better is it's it's a little bit flatter terrain, still rugged, but you don't have to go up like steep hills or inclines. The catch, though, is that you do have to walk far. Currently, it's 20 kilometers or 12.4 mile hike round trip from the designated parking lot to the volcano site. 
That, of course, doesn't include if you want to spend time at the site watching the eruption, taking photos, you know, just chilling out, resting in between your walk there and back. So you can expect to take between three to four hours, depending on how fast you walk round trip to get there. You might be there an additional hour or more, depending on how long you plan to hang out. But needs to say, it's going to be a long day of exploring. One thing that is fascinating to me is that I was actually on the road there, the roads there, the week before the eruption for a totally different project that I was doing. So there are these four by four roads. And actually, you're walking on one a decent amount of the way. And right now, though, it's not allowed to drive four by four cars on that road because there's an eruption happening in the area. So only authorized vehicles are able to drive there. It is also like on top of all of this, right? So the fact that it is technically more accessible, granted you have to walk long or far. The other aspect is the weather has actually been quite good. And saying that, first of all, feels nice because Icelandic summer, as I mentioned to people, can be so varied and sometimes not really show up. This summer, starting in July, I decided, you know what, I'm going to cut you some slack. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to show up this year. And it has been phenomenal in July, to say at least. We granted it, we're like, you know, a little over halfway, but we'll take it. It's been so good. So with that, with these bright, sunny, beautiful days, sometimes not that much wind and relatively warm temperatures. I mean, it is Iceland. So, you know, take that with a big grain of salt. There has been this aspect of good weather that has played into the site actually being potentially dangerous for visitors. And that is because the moss in this area is very dry. So authorities have been working around the clock to put out wildfires from the moss catching fire due to the hot lava, due to the eruption, basically. And unfavorable wind conditions, so wind that's been pushing the gas pollution from the eruption itself and then from the wildfires into the direction of the walking path and all the way to the parking lot. Obviously, that's not good for people to be inhaling. And even if you bring a gas mask, because, you know, depending on the quality of your gas mask, it may or may not help the whole time. But it actually is good to bring one regardless so that, you know, you can put it on if the wind does change. And at least you have one to protect you more than, you know, some others, especially those that don't have it at all. And due to this, this combination, along with People at the volcano site acting foolish. (laughs) And what I mean is getting too close to the lava. Literally, there were people who were trying to, not trying to, they were climbing on a crater where the lava was spewing out of. It was just incredible that no one was killed. And then also being rude to the search and rescue workers who are volunteers, by the way. So please don't do that. Just respect When people are telling you, hey, you're too close or get away from there just to do that. Well, this resulted in authorities actually closing the volcano site and just saying, we need to get these wildfires under control and let people chill out a little bit (laughs) because this is dangerous and we can't save you. And we're not going to, you know, endanger our lives, potentially dying in lava because you chose to go and stand on lava or get too close to molten hot lava spewing out of a crater. This ended up being a four-day closure, not purposefully. The wind conditions, like I mentioned, have really played a part. So from July 13th to July 17th, 
which I'm recording on the 17th, access to the volcano had been prohibited. On the 17th at 1.59 p.m., it was opened up again. So there are people there now. And, you know, we'll just keep check keeping an eye on it. Safetravel.is, of course, is where you can go and check to see if it's open and what the conditions are. When it did start, the eruption on the 10th, I didn't directly go because I wanted to see what the authorities had to say about the conditions. Granted, there are risks that I take in life, but not when it comes to stuff like this. I'm not just going to go out there and be like, let's just see what happens. My personal choice, there were others who were there, got amazing footage because they camped for four or five days waiting for the eruption. You know, everyone everyone is different. I don't recommend that, but just as FYI, this is, you know, how we all can, we all contribute in our different ways, I'll just say. So just going on into me not going straight to the volcano. I've also had a lot of other projects going on. So I didn't have the time to spend, you know, six hours for a day or so going out there. And I'm still not sure when I will actually be able to walk there because of other obligations. However, if you do want to see the volcano, there is the option of taking a helicopter flight. And I did that today. And I have to say, it was phenomenal. It was amazing. 20 out of 10, recommend. So much fun. So, you know, if you are planning to watch the volcano, though, like I mentioned, please check safetravel.is. I will give a little bit more about my, my helicopter experience in a second. Also, make sure that you don't step on any lava. Pack layers. It does get colder out there. So what you, the temperature might be in Reykjavik, it was more likely to be colder at the eruption site. And also, you know, if you're going to go at, well, it's not really nighttime yet, but a little bit darker, just be careful about where you're stepping, bring food, fluids, all those things, because it's a long trek. Now, for those with limited time, limited mobility, or who just want to see the volcano from a different angle, I do highly recommend a helicopter tour. And I partnered with Volcano Heli. So that's volcano and then H-E-L-I dot I-S if you want to go to their website. And you can also check it on allthingsiceland.com, my website for this specific episode, which is about the 2023 volcanic eruption. And it was a 30 to 40 minute helicopter ride. Blew my mind. So much fun. It's stunning. It's hard to explain. I mean, I have images on Instagram in particular, my stories, if you want to check that out. Oh my gosh. I was so much fun. And like I was, the group I was with, really sweet. And they were so excited as well. So yeah, if that is of interest, I know the helicopter tours are selling out and it is a fun option to go. So I recommend booking in advance because people are always like, hey, I'm coming at this time. You know, just check with them and book in advance if you do want to take it or, you know, want to get this angle. And the other aspect of it that I thought was fascinating, too, is we got to see the eruption trail, parts of the other eruptions, which now this current eruption has linked up in terms of the lava flow, has linked up with previous eruptions. So that's pretty fascinating. And then, I mean, there's more, right? (laughs) It's like never ending story of how this helicopter tours changed my life. But (laughs) this is more of the fact that you get amazing views of Reykjavik and the Reykjanes Peninsula. So the moss that is there and Kaelid, which is the big mountain, the the cone-shaped mountain that you'll see on the way to the eruption. Yeah, it's it's really nice. And I was ecstatic after getting off the flights and would totally do another one in a heartbeat. (laughs) 
There are some airlines, though, like Iceland Air and Play Air that are flying near the volcano so their passengers can see the eruption. So that's quite nice. Something to keep in mind, too. And that brings me to my last point before doing the round of fact of the episode. There is no forecasted impact, like I mentioned, on nearby towns or infrastructure or flights. Like, this is not something that's going to, at least it's not anticipated for it to impact any flights. The gas pollution, like I mentioned, is not so great. And maybe people in nearby towns have to like close their windows sometimes. But the lava flowing into a nearby town is not of concern. The thing, though, because people think of Eyjafjallajökull that erupted in 2010 and how there was so much ash. What's different about Eyjafjallajökull is that it is a volcano under a glacier. When fire and ice meet, it creates ash. There is no glacier over this particular volcano and none that's over the previous volcano eruptions. So this is why we have not had this ash issue that we did in 2010. There are other potential volcanoes like Katla in the country that if they were to erupt, there would be a ridiculous amount of ash. So just keep that in mind. And I would definitely keep people updated if there's an eruption coming or anticipated or, you know, talked about happening for one of these. I mean, granted, they are always talked about, but I mean, seriously, like more indications that would lead us to believe that it's going to go off or has gone off if it's you know going to cause ash. So now I'm going to go on to the random fact of the episode. This is kind of funny to me. I'm just going to put it out there that I now believe in all my psychic abilities. <laughs> and you'll know why. <laughs> so over on threads, yes, I joined threads. <laughs> I decided to ask people like when they thought the eruption would take place. And I, three days before the eruption happened, said that I think, I said it was a wild guess, but maybe there's the inner knowing, that it was going to happen on July 10th. And lo and behold, it did. Of course, I was really excited about that because I was like, yay, I can tell the future. <laughs> yeah, just take that with what you will. A big grain of salt, it's fine. It's okay if you don't believe that I can tell the future. But I feel like it's just a sign that I just I have abilities I'm, I'm unaware of. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's a random fact. And the Icelandic word of the episode is litli trutur. Litli trutur. And that translates to little ram. Little ram. Yes, the animal. And it comes from the fact that there's a mountain there named litli trutur. <laughs> so... Just easy just to take what's, you know, geographically close and name the eruption after that. So I hope you found this update helpful. And please, please, please be careful if you do decide to visit the volcanic eruption when it's open. It is a phenomenal thing to do. It is exciting, definitely. But just know that this is a natural wonder that is extremely dangerous. And if you hear, you know, any of the search and rescue people telling you, to back away, they're just doing it for your own safety. They're not trying to spoil your fun. Thank you for listening.